Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Bazinga, you did better this week. Yeah, well, you went back to normal. You didn't throw me off. Throw you off, yeah. That was catastrophic for you last week. Welcome into the Ball Blast podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Kate. And I'm Michelle. And you are wrapped up with week seven. We are on to week eight. That means we are officially almost about to be halfway through the season. Halfway through. We're pretty much halfway through. You better be halfway through. Uh, You better not be already halfway through because that means that you did not make it to your championship, which is not our goal. Our goal is to get you to the championship. Every one of our listeners will get to the championship, Kate. That's bold. I do not boast 100% success rate. Gosh. You don't make it to the championship in every single one of your leagues? What is wrong with you? Why would we even listen to you? I quit. It's not like I'm one in five in our listener league or anything. That's embarrassing. Or one in six. <laughs> You're uh, the, one in six? The last two weeks I lost by one point. I was up by so much, so much yesterday. I had Le'Veon Bell. He had Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle, the three the, touchdowns. I lost by one point. Featured goal line back of the New England Patriots. I lost by one point. But in every other one of my leagues, I am no worse than uh three and four, and I'm four and three or five and two in most. It's just that listener league, man. That one is just not working out for yeah. me. Yeah. For anybody who uh, needs an update on our matchup this week, as everybody knows, famously on Twitter, I blocked Michelle from uh, getting most tight ends off the waiver wire this week. It did work. I won. It would have worked anyways. You had New England's defense and Sony Michelle. Shh, don't speak. And I kept Austin Eckler and Chase Edmonds on my bench. Yeah, you did. I took them out of the lineup, both of them, at 12.55 p.m. Right around there. And that's why you don't make fantasy decisions at 12.55 One of them was putting in Latavius Murray, so I can't really count that because he was a baller as well. So I can only count one of them and both. Can you imagine if I played Eckler, Murray, and Edmonds? Oh, you might have won. I might have won. won. I would have won. Anyways, we are doing this episode a little bit different than normal, so... Lots of news hit today, like a lot of big news hit today. So we are going to just discuss that, how it impacts fantasy. Um, And then we'll go through some waiver wire ads, what you need to look out for moving forward. And because you guys already know what happened in week seven, we don't have to discuss that, right? We're looking forward. We had started to record our episode, but I I have been a little sick. So we, we like paused it. And then so much news broke. We're like, we we have to audible here. Like, we have to do something special for this big news day. I have a feeling next week going to be even crazier. The trade deadline's approaching. We're going to have some, like, we're going to have a crazy week. It's going to be wild. I, trade, trade deadline week is so much fun. I hope there's some big trades. Sometimes there's nothing. Last year was really exciting. Let's hope this year is as well. Well, let's get into the news that popped out today. Want to get into it? Let's do it. Breaking news. Breaking news. All right, we're going to kick this thing off with two brief updates that affect our Thursday night matchup. So you have the Washington Redskins, those 
beautiful Washington Redskins traveling out to Minnesota to face the Minnesota Vikings. I don't think this will be a very exciting game for Thursday Night Football. I'm not sure what the NFL was thinking for this one. There's two revenge factors in this game. You got got AP going up against his, you know, pretty much career team with Minnesota. And then Kirk Cousins going up against Washington. Who wouldn't pay him. Who would not pay him. Probably the right move. Hey, he's I been balling. It hasn't been good for either franchise, really. But in the last few weeks, it's been very good for Minnesota. I'll give you that. Primetime game with Kirk Cousins, never good. Uh, but Adam Thielen, a little banged up. He got her hamstring yeah. injury, but they're saying he could play Thursday, which doesn't seem smart. I don't believe smart. it. Yeah. You, you are telling me. So he, if you guys didn't see the play, it was absolutely beautiful. You have Great catch. Yeah. It Great was, touchdown it was, catch. Perfect ball placement by Kirk Cousins where only Thielen could get it. Beautiful toe tap. At, like I saw the the Vic- or the uh, Detroit Lions were sort of waving as if like there's no way he got that in. And they called it. It was amazing. His toe was just barely in. And you saw immediately there was a look on his face that it was this pained expression that helped him off the field. He looked very uncomfortable. It's a hamstring injury. It, it do doesn't you, sound smart for him to play, even if it's feeling better to go out Thursday. Week. You are sprinting, like, and stopping and sprinting and stopping and cutting. It's going to get ag- re-aggravated. If you go out there and you play, don't do it. What like, do you do if you are the Adam Thielen owner? Because there is always a high risk when a guy's first returning from hamstring injury let alone one that was just suffered four days prior you almost can't play him but of course it's going to come down to your options play him right like who are you gonna play over him well there's you take the upside because his upside is 100 yards and a touchdown yeah um i i would try not to play him but of course like i'm not playing i'm not playing like an Auden Tate over him or something like that so it's going to it's going to depend on your options, definitely. But if you have a safer option that can get you 10 points, I would rather take that than an Adam Thielen, who may have a much higher ceiling than the guy you're playing, but his floor could be, you know, plays the first play and he gets re-injured. His floor could be quite low. But the the thing that is kind of interesting is we saw uh, Kyle Rudolph have an actual good game. For once, he saw a season high in targets, came down 50 yards and a touchdown. Do you think if Adam Thielen misses this game, is this a matchup where you feel safe playing Kyle Rudolph? No. Do you ever feel safe playing Kyle Rudolph? But I, I get what you're saying. There's targets to go around. I just don't know if they're going to have to throw that often. They can use Stefan Diggs, BC Johnson. Am I saying that right? I will never know how to say his name. Ola BC, I Ola, think is his full name. Yeah. Um, but he 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 was involved. You got Dalvin Cook who can be involved. I do like the fact that this game is at home for the Vikings. That should provide them a relatively safer floor in the passing game. Stefan Diggs should ball out in this contest. I I don't know. There's something about Kirk Cousins though, like when he gets fired up, how do you like me now? Yeah, but this is a primetime game. He sucks in primetime. Remember, All last the eyes year. are going to be on him. Like, he's going to have in his head that he's playing against Washington. When he gets stuff in his head, he's not very good. It's just what happens. We'll see if he can break that. But he hasn't been able to break that mold yet. On Twitter, there was some interesting points. So I pointed out last night the fact that 
Kirk Cousins is not very good in primetime. And everybody said, well, that was mostly with the Redskins. That team sucked. And then they pointed out the fact that all of his primetime losses last year were against playoff teams. Does that change your opinion on Kirk Cousins' clutchness? Because I think that's what it is. It's It seems to be the clutch factor. Whenever there's pressure, he snaps. When there's no pressure or when they feel like they're in a comfortable spot, he can make a play. He's He's got a good arm. He's. I just don't think they're going to need to use him on Thursday. It's against the Redskins. Their defense is good. Dalvin they, Cook, maybe. Dalvin Cook's going to run all over them. Alexander Madison, is Kirk, he a sneaky play? No. Kirk Cousins uh, has been killing it, though. Over 300 yards, four touchdowns the last two weeks. He was my quarterback nine on the season, and I don't believe it. I know. He was my quarterback seven on the season. And we both looked really stupid after the first few weeks. Now I felt real stupid. I now not, into a hole. <laughs> now not so, it doesn't look so bad now, but I still don't trust him. So, And now on, on the other side of the ball, AP apparently has like a high ankle sprain, but he's feeling fine. I don't know. They they called it a, a grade one, which is the least severe okay. of like the degree that you can suffer. He says he's fine. Sprain. But it, it also came back with a grade two low ankle sprain. So he's definitely AP. banged up. He's going to play through the pain, especially against the Vikings. I still don't want to play him. The Vikings are a good run defense. I'm kind of intrigued to play him. I think he's got a lot to prove in the last two games. He's been uh, running the ball a lot. What does he have to prove? He is 34 years old, still in the NFL. What chip can you have on your shoulder, dude? Your team purposely benched you in week one. He's still bouncing back from that. Jay Gruden did not like him. He did not want to play him. In the last two games, he has seen, I believe, 19 and 20 Because carries. he can't catch a ball. He does nothing for you. It's time for him to retire. Oh, I don't think so. Oh, I, goodness. Let's get into some bigger news if here. The Steelers, before if the we Steelers fight. Could, before we fight. If the Steelers could what? I sign would, AP? I would prefer AP over Benny Snell. That's silly. Why? Because AP is a tough dude. Okay, Benny Snow is a young... We just saw He's him averaging like 4.6 yards a carry. So if you're running a franchise, you would trade out AP, like Benny Snow for AP. Benny Snow is Because you would good. be fired so fast. But he, Who would ever give you that job? How do we know if Benny Snow's not good yet? We saw him in one game and he was actually great. Yes, in the preseason he sucked and before yeah, this against, last game he sucked. Against third string defenses. But maybe yeah, he give sucked. him a second. Like He's not going to be AP in his career, but I think he's better than AP at 34 years old. We don't need I Benny Snow. We have Connor and Jalen Samuels. I don't think... Why would you trade Adrian, for AP? I'm not... I'm just, it's, a th- it's a hypothetical. Okay. Let's get into another topic before I blow my brains out right now. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on, Joe. Johnson, not funny at all. Very sad. IR with a knee injury. That's the song my heart is singing right now. Or that's the the chord that my heart violin. I'm very... So Carrion Johnson confuses me because I was definitely all on Carrion Johnson this offseason. Watching him play, he's not the player that I expected. He's not the player that you saw last year. Yeah, not the player I saw last year. I don't know if that has to do with the team or his talent, uh, but now he's on IR. So we won't get to see him again until week 16 at the earliest. So you're probably dropping him. I guess if you have an IR spot and you want to get crazy and hold him until your championship, you can. But Because we comes, know you'll get there. Yeah. But he comes back against Denver in like the first week back. You probably wouldn't want to play him in your championship anyway, since if you made it there, 
you probably, probably don't need options. Yes. So you, you can drop them. I mean, you can really drop them. But when we're looking at possibilities for Detroit to replace Carrion Johnson, we have Ty Johnson, right? For a six-round rookie. Six-round rookie. Uh, he He's the one that got the carries when Carrion went out. He had 10 carries. You did see J.D. McKissick involved. Yep, five. Yep. Five carries. Both were involved in the passing game. Now, do we think that Detroit just sticks with these two and brings in, you know, a, a no-name or just promotes someone from the practice what squad? if mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon? I know. That's what people are saying. Or Rashad Penny. That would be super smart. Because the Seahawks want absolutely nothing to do with them. I don't know why the Seahawks wouldn't trade him away. They're not going to get first round value. Oh, absolutely not. No, but sometimes you got to. You might not. You're not even going to get. You don't want to play him. I think he was active or he played two snaps this week. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, he's been having some hamstring injury problems. He was healthy, though. This week he was healthy, and Pete Carroll came out to say, just happened that way. God, I hate coaches. I really hope Seattle <laughs> lets Penny go, and Detroit would be a good spot. But then, what do you do next year? Like, if you trade, you can't trade anything too high because you're going to have carry on back next year. Yeah. So, like a Melvin Gordon. But this isn't great news. It, I haven't seen any reports as to what the injury actually is. But this is the second time he's presumably maybe finished his season on IR with a knee injury. So, not yeah, good. it's not good. No, it's really not good. And he is injury. He's an injury-prone back, so it's not good. This is the second year in a row that's happened. When you're thinking more about Melvin Gordon and the Chargers, right? The Chargers pretty much, I mean, they're losing. They're losing a lot. Their line is dismantled. It's not a good, like, just so many injuries. So why not? You know you're not going to have Gordon next year anyways, unless you're randomly going to pay him next year. But why would you do that when you didn't do it this year? Why not trade him for a fifth-round pick? To Detroit, Detroit is still in the race. Yeah. I mean, they've lost the last three games, which isn't great, but they're still in the race. And maybe, you know, Detroit doesn't have to pay him next year. He comes for a fifth-round pick. It's a wash. If they decide, Yeah, if they decide they want to pay him next year, fine. But they, they have Karrion Johnson back, so maybe not. But fifth-round pick, try to go for it this year. I think that makes sense. That makes more sense to me than Rashad Penny, who you're going to have to give up more for at this yeah, point. Yeah, Rashad's actually... Being a first-round pick, he's making a lot of money on his rookie deal right now. You're going to have to pay him that. Plus, it, Seattle's not going to let him walk for just anything. They well, utilized then you just, a first-round pick yeah. on him. They're not just going to give him away for a third or fourth. Maybe a third. but Maybe. Then you would you have, have to, to pay him. You'd at least want what you would think would be a late second. Yeah. And then he's, I mean, he would still be on your team for two more years after that with so maybe that one doesn't make so much sense. But Melvin Gordon does make sense to me. We'll see if he bring, they you know reach out to the Chargers about that. Or they might just bring in a lower-level guy like a J.H.I.E., C.J. Anderson, Spencer Ware. We just C.J. Saw... Anderson's familiar with the system. He spent some time with them. was cut. Yeah, he was cut by them. But a lot of guys are cut and then brought back. So maybe there's no hard feelings there. If you're going to go out and get Ty Johnson, right, if that's you're going to be your first waiver priority... You're really hoping it's one of those guys, obviously, because if a Melvin Gordon comes in, you're you're screwed. I just think Detroit right now is actually going for something. They have a decent defense. Their offense Matthew looks Stafford amazing. looks good. He looks so good. They should have a lot more wins than they do. So they're like cough rough. They're still in it. 
don't know if they can just go with nobody in this backfield. Yeah. That's the only thing that's a hesitation for me with Ty Johnson. Is whether he, or not they bring somebody else yeah. in. Because I don't, I don't care if they bring C.J. Anderson in. No, I don't care. Well, I mean, it still is going to hurt him it's a bit. It's still going to hurt him, but... Clear, like, they cut... They cut C.J. Anderson. You know, like, they clearly... I think if C.J. Anderson comes in, he's the lead back right away. Because really? he already knows the playbook. Uh, I think that's a pretty bad scenario, though, for Ty Johnson as well. There's no way they can just go with Ty Johnson, right? A six-round rookie. It's not like he did great in the carries he got last game. I mean, it was a hard matchup. It's a very tough matchup, but he was also involved in the passing game, and he looked good there. So I, I think you have to always temper your expectations when you're going up against a Minnesota run defense. There's also J.D. McKissick. We saw Kerryon Johnson not do too well behind this line. I'm actually talking myself out of Ty Johnson being my speak. first pick in the waivers this week. I just think there's a lot going against him for him to get this backfield. I I don't know. Carrion Johnson had the backfield and still wasn't that great. I don't know if we can depend on a six rounder being better, even though he's going to get less work. JD McKissick will get in there. They're going to sign someone else. I get it. I get the hesitation. You might've talked me. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about some other guys that might be on your waivers and Possibly Ty Johnson will be your first priority. Possibly not. Let's see who's out there for you. Um, it'll depend on your options. If you're looking at Fab here, how much are you willing to spend on a $100 budget? It probably depends on whether or not I'm the carry-on owner. If I'm if the carry-on owner, you probably got to risk you gotta it pay and off. pay up a little bit more. If you really need a running back, because there's a lot of injuries out there, you might have to pay a little bit more. I personally don't want to pay more than 45%. I think that's $45 fair. if you still have that uh, because I just don't want to risk it that they bring someone else in. If I if I put $45 out there and I get them, cool, then maybe I wasted $45. You'll see. But if I don't get them, that's okay with me as well. Obviously, it's going to depend on it, how desperate you are. Yeah. And you might need to put some more out there. Yeah. All right. Next up, Arizona signed Alfred Morris, which does not matter for fantasy, but... It does matter with the other pieces there. Uh, Is this this showing us that David Johnson's maybe worse off than we think? Or is this just about DJ Foster also being hurt and they just need another body in there? I think that this is is indicative to me of David Johnson, right? Like, if it were about your third string running back, wouldn't you just promote a guy from the practice squad? Yeah, they had so many guys in for... They brought a lot of guys in for workouts, Mm -hmm. and I feel like you're not doing that unless you're looking for somebody to fill a bigger role. Like, you could pull over one of your special teams guys, you could pull up somebody from the practice squad pretty easily, because they're not going to see the field, right? Like, you're presuming that yeah, this if you think David Johnson's going to be healthy enough for this week, then you have Chase Edmonds and David Johnson, and was DJ Foster ever really a big part of your plans anyway? So it's interesting they brought in Jay Ajayi, they brought in Spencer Ware, Benny Cunningham. like Those are all decent names. Yeah, maybe not Benny Cunningham, but no. <laughs> I didn't even know they brought in Alfred Morris. That was kind of a surprise signing today. I was like, I thought Jay Ajayi was there for two days. That kind of, uh, yeah, it what does that like, say about him? Like, hmm. I know he had to pass a physical. Because he's coming off the torn ACL, so perhaps he's he's more behind. He said he's good to go, but I mean, maybe they they like Alfred Morris. I don't know if there are any coaching ties to him that that 
might mean something as far as just a rapport and knowing the the offensive system. See, my thing with this is that normally your third stringer, you know, your third guy is someone young. You're trying to develop. You're trying to see what they have in them, like a DJ Foster, you know? So that's you're just, hoping yeah. that it's like a Chase Edmonds where they just explode and they look really good and you have a good guy. That's why you want Benny Snell as your third string and not AP. But then uh, bringing in Alfred Morris, 90-year-old Alfred Morris here, I actually have no idea how old he is. I feel like he's been in the league for 1 million years. Oh, it's it's 1.5 million, yes. Yeah, for sure. That's interesting to me because it's like, okay, well, what do you think about your vet that you have there, David Johnson? How hurt is he? It, it seems like it wasn't that, like he was in, he was active and he was available for emergency situations. Did he re-injure it? And they're not telling us on that play that he was in, on that one carry. It, it was a very weird situation, I think. I, you didn't, it, it's not even like you saw him practice though. So I do think that they, they had some injury concerns, obviously, or else you would have seen him get in a limited session. You would have seen him get more time in before the game, even as early as Friday, we saw the offense come out and say if the game was today, he wouldn't be active. And that's that's telling to me because what changed between Friday and Sunday that suddenly you feel like, oh, he's fine. Then he doesn't get the carry. He, he sees the one carry. He might be worse off than we think. So Chase Edmonds would be my favorite guy here to pick up. I'm sure people picked him up last week, so he's probably not in your waivers. So you're thinking, like, why are we even talking about this? But there's people out there. There's leagues out there where he's sitting out there. And he, I, I would probably want to take the chance on Chase Edmonds over Ty Johnson. He's got a tough schedule. He does. Up, That's, That's really, my biggest hesitation yeah. with Chase Edmonds. Because we were, I was getting down on David Johnson because of this tough schedule. And I was not down where you're not going to play him, but I was down where I wanted to trade him for another good piece. Because like, David Johnson has so much value. So I wanted to trade him for a different good piece because the schedule coming up, is San Fran, Tampa Bay, whose Tampa Bay's run defense is no joke, San Fran again, twice in three weeks, a bye, the Rams, which they're not like the hardest defense ever, but and then that Pittsburgh, who's been really solid, especially against the run. I don't want to touch that schedule with a 10-foot pole. That's six straight weeks where it's like, okay, maybe against the Rams you can be happy. Chase Edmonds can be involved in the passing game. San Fran, we did just see AP get some yards on San Fran. So we don't know how dominant they are really against the run. They seem to be a little bit more dominant against the pass. To be, Yeah, I, I would agree in that token. But at the same time, you had, I mean, it was a slip and slide. It looked like the most fun yeah. game ever. So like when you think about the fact that, oh, that affects the offense, that affects the pass, that still affects the defense and their ability to make the same kind of plays. It affects your movement on the field. Even though uh, against L.A., like uh, Malcolm Brown and, uh, geez, Daryl Henderson didn't do great things, but they still got a combined like 70-something yards together. They didn't that's get a fine. Ton- that's not yeah. good. Well, they didn't get a ton of work either, and that's not the starter. So, And that whole team was just, you know, a piece of poop. I think San Fran's much better against the pass than they are against the run. So I do, but like look at the teams Arizona has played. They have not had a tough schedule. This is like the toughest stretch in their schedule. Then you have, I I mean, Tampa Bay, they don't sound like a dominant run defense. They are one of the toughest run defenses in the NFL right now. Shut down. I know it didn't seem like they shut down Christian McCaffrey, but but they they did did twice pretty much. Uh, Christian McCaffrey got, what, two touchdowns? or a t- I don't know what happened there, but they shut Christian McCaffrey down pretty much twice. Yeah, and uh, 
still, I feel like the name value, we're not taking them quite as seriously. I think they're, we're finally starting to come around to them being this tough matchup. Well, Kate, then we want nobody. <laughs> we don't want Chase Evans or Ty Johnson. What do we do here? I guess, I don't know who I would rather have, Ty Johnson or Chase Edmonds. I guess you take Chase Edmonds because we've seen him look good. But what if David Johnson comes back? Exactly. That's what I think Ty Johnson's situation is less confusing for me. I, I'm sure they bring in somebody else, but at the same time, you know that Carrion Johnson is not coming back. They haven't. Come you know out what I've even... actually decided? Because of all this these is people. This evolving are... podcast, yeah. people. Because of all these people are question marks, anyways. Rashad Penny, if he's out there, and he could be out there, he's out there in one of ours. If he's out there in your league, I think he's my top because I do think there's a good chance he gets traded. Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones isn't out there. Everyone owns. Ronald Jones is owned. He has not been doing anything. I get a buy. Maybe he's out there. I've seen him on the waivers in a couple of leagues. I would rather play for a guy because, like, remember what happened with. Nick Chubb last season. You saw him occasionally get work, looked good when he did, Ronald Jones. And then you see Carlos Hyde traded right at the trade deadline. That could happen this week. Ship Peyton Barber out. Peyton Barber to Detroit. (laughs) Is that the grossest news ever? That's the grossest idea I've ever had, but that's a very, like, it would have to be a. a I think Payne Barber is a better vet be. than we're giving him credit for, it, though, and I don't think the Bucks would want to. They're still in contention. You have Dare. Yeah, Dare is like one of the worst backs in the league right now. When it comes to PFF grades, he is the worst. He's doing. I'm pretty sure he's averaging like negative yards per carry. He's that bad. Uh, but so when it comes to this, I'm trying to decide right now. Ty Johnson, Chase Edmonds. You have the choice. Who do you want? Uh. Who are you putting more money down on? Who are you using that first oh priority on? Oh, God. Stop asking me hard questions. I'm going Chase Edmonds. <laughs> I think I would, too, just because I, I think he's... Even when we're comparing him against David Johnson, I think he's looked like the better running back. So, so mine would go... Uh, mine would still go Edmonds, Penny, Ty Johnson. Okay. Um, and then Ronald Jones. And then Ronald Jones, if he's out there. Yeah, that's how I would go. I would take Ronald Jones over Penny. And all I of think these Ronald guys, Jones is a league winner. And all of these guys are too risky where I don't want to spend more than 50% of my budget. 40%. I think that's fair. It's very rare that you have this number of assets all in yeah. the same week. Uh, other news. We got some wide receiver news now. Two Trace. wide receivers traded today. Emmanuel Sanders traded to San Fran. From the Denver Broncos. Yep. This is absolutely wild. I It's an interesting move. You have to imagine that Emmanuel Sanders is doing backflips. So excited. Oh, for sure. Traded from an absolute dumpster fire to... <laughs> but Denver needs... like This is a good trade by Denver as well. When your team is this bad and you have an old asset that just tore his Achilles too. You, you got to trade him and see what you can get. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is getting up there in age. It was time for him to go. San Fran needed him. Perfect trade for yeah, both teams. Yeah, it worked out very well for both of them. I, I don't know if this is a good thing for Cortland Sutton or not. Last year, we saw when Emmanuel Sanders went down, that was actually a bad thing for Cortland Sutton. He couldn't handle uh, the wide receiver one duties, the coverage. But this is his second year now. Yeah, Maybe he got it, I think it's a different, it, different I mean, quarterback it's different. too. Yeah, 
Joe Flacco clearly loves Cortland Sutton. I do think he will force feed him the ball a little bit more than uh, Case Keenum was willing to do last year. Yeah. So I think this can be a, a good thing for Cortland Sutton. I don't necessarily think it's a great thing, though. I wouldn't go out and try to buy him for anything. Defenses will just, I mean, who are they going to have to focus on? Deshaun Hamilton? Do you think this is a plus at all for Royce Freeman, who's been very involved in the passing game? No, but I do think it could be a plus for Noah Fant. The issue with Noah Fant is he that he can't catch a ball. He can't catch a ball. That is the issue with Noah Fant. He literally, every every day before he goes out to practice, I think he lubes his, his gloves <laughs> and goes out. He's running routes. He's, I think, top 12 in the NFL right now for routes rung amongst tight ends. He just can't catch the ball. He's getting targets. I don't know if it's just a mental thing because even even when the ball hits him in the hands, he's just not coming down with it. Maybe it's timing. If I was going to take a chance on anyone here to pick it up and to you know, replace Sanders and the targets, I would go with Noah Fant. I'm not, I'm not excited about Deshaun Hamilton. Tim Patrick last year, actually, when Sanders went down, was the better wide receiver to own. Anyways, that's what I remember. Injured, though. Now he's out until after the bye, so he yep. won't be back till week eleven, I believe. Uh, but still, so that's someone we just to keep might your eye be on. Watching some nasty football. Yeah, it's we were already watching. Yeah, we were already some watching nasty it. Football. The issue with me is why Drew Locke, if when he's ready, because he was injured too. When he's ready, I think he comes in the game. Like when he's in or when he's healthy. Who is he going to throw the ball to? Nobody, and that's going to really... like. If I have Cortland Sutton right now, I'm trading off of him being the wide receiver one. Emmanuel Sanders I is just gone. had this argument with one of our friends this week. Shout out Tomas. Oh, yeah. Well, well we I didn't w- know about Emmanuel Sanders then. No, we did not. But I was interested in acquiring Cortland Sutton. Glad he said no. But his basis of the argument was, no, he's a top 12 wide receiver. And I said... You are banking on a top 12 receiver from a very bad offense who's probably going to see a rookie quarterback sometime soon. There's I'm not no paying way to, a wide receiver yeah. one price. They're not sticking it out with Joe Flacco. As he looks as good. Drew Locke is ready to come back really soon here. I think at the most, Joe Flacco lasts until the bye. What I would hope for is that you do see Drew Locke at some point. You see a dip in production from Cortland Sutton, and then I go buy him in Dynasty. Yeah, I mean, Drew Locke would be great. So I guess we're kind of saying that Drew Locke is going to be bad, which we're not, we, I have no idea. Like, I'm just I don't know mean, enough about Drew Locke to say. When you say, look at rookie quarterbacks, it, it's not usually good for wide receivers yeah. at all. And right now we're seeing Joe Flacco target Cortland Sutton like no other, and I just don't know if that's the case with Drew Locke coming in. But it's risky. For the next couple of weeks, you'd enjoy him. I would go sell him right now while he has that exciting wide receiver one wide status. Wide receiver one value. Yeah. Yes. Uh, does this trade help or hurt George Kittle now that Emmanuel Sanders is on San Fran? I think it helps him. He's been definitely, uh, out of all the wide receivers, we've just seen wide receiver by after wide receiver rotate through that offense. And there's been very little consistency in I think it could take counts. I think it could take some targets away, but I think it gets him more open, uh, that's more exactly space it. to run. Uh, I think he'll just be more efficient with his touches, yep. with his targets. I think I don't think it changes George Kittle too much. He's been really great lately. But when he's the only threat but I don't think it in hurts the passing him. game, yeah. I, I don't think that that hurts him. Literally, I mean, I feel like every single defense has to know that he is the biggest threat to your team on the field. And then the key question here, does this help or hurt Emmanuel Sanders himself? It hurts him. Yeah, yeah. 
It like it. Well, the last few him. weeks he hasn't done anything in Denver. Yeah, he was a I, little banged up. He was a little banged up, but I do think that um, he did come out with a knee injury a couple weeks ago. Then played Thursday in football. I I think he's been banged up, but I also think that I mean we very rarely see any sort of production immediately when wide receivers are traded. We saw Demarius Thomas just fall off the face of the earth. We saw Golden Tate fall off the face of the earth last year. Yeah. We saw uh, Amari Cooper do great things. Amari Cooper is so good. Are we, when are we going to acknowledge this, by the way? that But Amari, Amari Cooper is a different kind of talent than Amanda Amari Sanders. Cooper is a different kind of talent. But, man, everybody wanted to tell him, maybe, maybe we need to be talking about what trash Derek Carr is. Because he could not get the ball to Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is incredible. He's great. But we're not talking about Amari Cooper right now. We're talking about Emmanuel Sanders. And I don't think this is good for Emmanuel Sanders either. If you have someone in your league that's excited for him going to San Fran, I would probably trade him. Oh, I would trade him in a heartbeat. Uh, And it could end up biting you in the butt. I just know it's never a good thing to go take a chance on a guy changing teams well, mid-season. Interestingly enough, I read a report that said that Denver didn't actually want to trade him this week. They wanted to play him on Sunday, but San Fran said, nah, we want him to play for us this weekend. Why would, why would Denver care? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't what, know like, what if he got hurt? That's just stupid. It is very stupid, but interesting report just because it does indicate that San Fran wants to get him involved immediately. Yeah, and they will. They will. I just don't know how great it is for him. But maybe you can go send that story over to someone in your league and he'll buy him from you. Yeah. Uh, next up, Mohamed Sanu traded from Atlanta to New England. Lucky him. Lucky him. Both of these for guys. For a went, second round pick. Can we yeah. talk about that? Mohamed Sanu, second round pick. Yeah, New England's got a lot They just him. destroyed the entire trade market. Nobody's going to be able to get anything done now that they just valued Mohamed Sanu as a second round Do you think pick. Atlanta got that and they're like, oh, yeah? Like, we suck. Well, why not? Weirdly enough, they said that the, there were reports that actually the Patriots had been offering them a second round pick since before the draft. That's crazy to me. Sanu's a good wide receiver. He is a good wide receiver, but a second round pick? That seems like a lot to me. When I saw it, I was actually surprised that New England, you know, traded for a second round pick. That is a bad sign to me for Josh Gordon or for Nikhil Harry. Like, either both of them are not doing well at all, or they're not coming back anytime soon. Nikhil Harry is supposed to come back after... Uh, you know, in a few weeks here, maybe not. Maybe his health is not looking good. Josh Gordon could be in a real bad situation as well. What is like? Does this make Sanu fantasy relevant now? Because he wasn't so much in Atlanta. I mean, he was sometimes fantasy relevant. Like you could play him, but you didn't really want to. Do you want to play him now that he's playing with Tom Brady, the goat? I d- no. I, I don't. If I'm the Sanu owner, which I don't own any Sanu. Who owns Sanu? <laughs> People do. He's, People do own Sanu, but I... If, if he's I out on waivers, him, like, is he a top priority for you? No, because I, I still think that we see the similar dynamic that you see with any wide receiver switching teams. And we know that the Patriots' offensive system is difficult to understand. He's probably going to have a limited playbook I mean, we did see Antonio Brown come out and dominate in his first and only game for the Patriots, but he's Antonio Brown. Yeah, he didn't really. There he is, had like 30 yards. It's fine, but he, he looked good, 
and he was more involved than you would expect for his first game with the team. But I don't know if you know, and I would want if I had not Antonio Brown. Yeah, if I had an extra spot, which you shouldn't, you your bench should be good. You know, you shouldn't just have an extra spot laying around. But if your waivers are thin and Sanu sitting out there, and you just you know sure pick him up and then I try to trade him. Yeah, if you can do that, or just pick him up, stash him there, see what happens. Is is Philip Dorsett pointless now? Like, I don't think so. He's been he's been a reliable target. Because they needed him. Is he going to play as much now? We saw Calvin Ridley have, you know, struggled to play a ton, a ton of snaps because of Calvin, or because of Mohamed Sanu. Is this going to, you don't think this hurts Dorsett at all? I, I mean, I think he's already put himself into a role in that offense. Okay. What about James White or Julian Edelman? Does it hurt any of I, those guys? I'm more concerned about this for James White than I am for Philip Dorsett. Okay. I agree there. James White's been pretty disappointing for fantasy anyways. He's been getting the receptions, I guess, but no touchdowns, not many carries. Is this, how much does this help Kelvin Ridley? Because he- That's who I'm excited about. Yes, I think this is huge for Kelvin Ridley. Week one, 77% of offensive snaps uh, that- you know, stayed right around there for a while. Uh, week five went all the way up to 82%. But in the last two weeks, it was 58% and 65% of offensive snaps. Sanu does take some snaps away. He takes targets away. I would expect now with Sanu gone that he plays, what, high 80s, low 90% of the snaps every game now? Yeah, I would absolutely imagine that he's going to be the, the primary beneficiary. I could also see a role maybe for... Uh, what is it, Hardy, Justin Hardy. Yeah. Not not that he's a, I don't think he's nearly as good of a wide receiver, but we have seen him sort of play into these various spots whenever they've needed him. Maybe they get him more involved, but I, I really think what they are going to do is just sort of disperse these targets among the offense. But another thing you have to worry about is Matt Ryan. Yeah, that's Left what the game say. with a rocking butt. A walking butt. (laughs) He left the game with a walking butt. He presumably, I think, has a an ankle sprain, um, which we don't we don't know how quickly he's going to return from that. Would the team, you know, the record being so bad too? Do they rush him back? They go. Sure, they don't. Why would you? They have a bye in two weeks, so they play Seattle this week and then a bye. So. Do they really play Matt Ryan? Like, what are you really playing him for? If his ankle does hurt him, he's your franchise. You're paying him a lot of money. We saw what, I mean, the Pat Mahomes injury had nothing really to do with his ankle, but it's like, why risk that? When you have a bye, he can get healthy. So maybe Calvin Ridley, it might take a couple weeks to really show, but this does make me excited about Calvin Ridley and his future with Atlanta. Mohamed Sanu, uh, you know, he, he gets targets. He's a better NFL wide receiver than he is fantasy. So people don't give him credit, but he was used a lot in Atlanta. He was dependent on, so now I think uh, that moves to Calvin Ridley. He just wasn't a a yardage monster. He's not not Julio Jones, but he plays his role in the offense. So I do think that, um, you know, I think that Austin Hooper could benefit from some of his targets. Um, But Calvin Ridley, I think, is mainly my guy where I want to see him get all of the snaps. All right. All And then we're looking forward through the season, right? Yeah. We just talked about the big news pieces today. 
I wanted to look at some quarterbacks, right? We've we've had some injuries. We just brought up Matt Patrick Ryan there. Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes got hurt. Matt Ryan's hurt. Kyler Murray's schedule is terrible. So let's talk through that a little bit and see what are some other options that people could pick up on the waivers rolling out this week. So Kyler Murray's schedule, first off, we, we mentioned this. It's San Fran, Tampa Bay, San Fran, by Rams, Pitt. Ugh. That does not make me excited at all. Not for the him. run, not for the pass. I just, I don't want to touch his schedule. No. Uh, Matt Ryan has a her ankle, like we said, and then his schedule's not great. So if he misses this week, Seattle, that was really his best game of the next, like the rest of the year. Because then he has a bye, and then he has New Orleans, which the Saints defense has been legit. Then Carolina, they've been legit. Tampa Bay, you can throw on them. Carolina again. San Fran, but you can't do anything on it. And then Jacksonville. It's just not great. It's not someone I want to depend on to really make my playoff run on a team that's not doing well at all. They're what they won one game this year. Yeah. Uh with a, a guy with a hurt ankle. I'm not loving that. And then we have the Pat Mahomes injury. He could be back within the next few weeks, but you still not need to find a replacement. So who's someone you're looking at on your waivers? to you know to help you out over the next few weeks i i mean we've brought him up before jacoby Brissett. he has been absolutely lights out incredible so surprising he is on pace for um to lead the nfl in touchdowns it's absolutely unexpected i don't think i mean both of us were were not too terrified after the andrew luck injury i don't think we thought uh, you know, it would hurt T.Y. Hilton, which clearly it has not. Um, but I think I've been so pleasantly surprised to see what he's been able to accomplish. He's been safe with the ball. Um, you know, not not too many turnovers, but touchdowns, baby. He is, uh, so there's been touchdowns. one game where he has not scored a touchdown. But other than that, the fewest he scored is two. Just two touchdowns, two touchdowns. There's only three quarterbacks that have, more total touchdowns than Brissett. And that's, uh, I think it's Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. Good company. And uh, I don't have it in front of me here, but it's someone else really good. Someone else really, really good. Brissett is killing it. And uh, I think he's going to continue to keep killing it. He's just, he's a good quarterback. Yeah. And he's got a relatively friendly schedule. He's been pretty safe. He's got Denver, Pittsburgh, which I don't like Pittsburgh, but... Miami, Jacksonville, you've been able to throw on Jacksonville. Houston, Tennessee, not the worst. Tampa Bay's given up a ton through the air, although they've been stuffing the run. New Orleans, Carolina, not not a terrible schedule. Well, a lot of those guys were the same ones that I mentioned as being bad. I, I don't love the schedule, but it's not terrible, at least over the next few weeks. I think you can count on Brissett. Same with Matty Stafford. His schedule's not the easiest either, but it's not the worst, and he's been someone that's been really reliable in fantasy. Digging a little deeper. Well, A, Josh Allen would be my number one choice here, but he's probably off your waivers. But yeah. his upcoming schedule, Philly, Washington, Cleveland, Miami. Yes, please. Go get him if he's there. But going a little bit deeper with two names here. Sam Darnold, who just threw for under 100 yards and threw four interceptions against New England. Negative seven fantasy points. Yep, negative seven fantasy <laughs> points. Sam Darnold, I would actually consider picking up if I need a replacement. His upcoming schedule, Jacksonville, Miami, New York Giants, Washington Redskins, Oakland Raiders, Cincinnati Bengals, Miami Dolphins. I mean, I will say I will be the first to admit that Sam Darnold exceeded all of my wildest expectations last night. 
I did not think he would have a good game, but holy crap. Holy crap. I think they get much, much better. Yes, I, I think do. they rebound. And Sam Darnold, like, in when you're looking at decent matchups, he's been fine. He's been totally fine. He's looked good. I don't know if this game shakes his confidence. I don't know if he's ever going to be a guy that's going to get you a regular, you know, 250 plus yards or 300 plus yards and multiple touchdowns. But I do think you can plug him in if you're, you know, you really need someone. And I love the schedule coming up. And then another guy, Mason Rudolph. The schedule coming up is great. I think every week we saw him get more confidence. Top 10 in fantasy points per drop back. Yeah. And quarterbacks this year. Each week the Steelers were trusting him a little bit more, letting him do more stuff. I think as the year goes on, as long as he can stay healthy, let's hope his head is back to normal and he, you know, he doesn't play scared because of it, which based off his recent interviews, he doesn't seem like he's doesn't seem flustered at all by it. He's like, I wanted to play last week. Uh, but his upcoming schedule, the Dolphins this week, Indy, which not the easiest, but not the hardest. The Rams, again, not the easiest, not the hardest, but then Cleveland, Cincy, Cleveland, Arizona, very decent schedule. And yeah, it's not the sexiest of plays, but I, I do think he can be somewhat consistent for you. Gardner Minshew would be another one if he's out there. Take a look at him. He's been a very consistent play as well, besides the Saints. Another name I want to bring up, and um, it's getting to be about that time, Drew Brees, Drew might, Brees yep. be, might be playing, uh, might start practicing this week. So uh, definitely a name to keep an eye on. He gets a week nine bye, but then he gets at. Atlanta. Ooh. I like Atlanta. Tampa Bay, like I said, they are a tough defense, but they've been giving up a yeah, lot more you can through throw the air. Um, and then they get Atlanta again. Carolina, a tougher one. San Fran, a tougher one. So With Drew Brees, though, I don't really care. <laughs> like, I, I wasn't super excited about him coming in, but... With Drew Brees, I'm not too worried about his schedule. Like, out of these guys, if I can pick up a Drew Brees to fill in for my Pat Mahomes injury, like, that's what I want. Or my Matt Ryan injury. Like, I would rather take a chance on Drew Brees doing well for me and trusting that the vet that's been killing it all of his career over uh, Mason Rudolph or Sam Darnold. That's fair. I mean, you have seen Drew Brees make more mistakes lately. I would prefer Josh last... Allen over all these guys, even over Drew Brees. Yeah, I and again, not to say that Josh Allen is a better quarterback than Drew Brees, but you don't have to be. It's about, we're talking it's about, about legs, fantasy. baby. It's yeah. about your legs. Those beautiful but legs. Josh Allen's at the end end of the year. It does get kind of gross schedule, so he's a good fill in for you over the next four weeks, and then it gets a little bit harder. Um, other waiver wire guys that we might want to look at real quickly that are not quarterbacks. Uh, Mark Walton, because Kenyon Drake, there's trade talks going around, baby. Miami's open to trading him. That could be a person to go to Detroit. I don't know how we missed that one. Um, Detroit could be calling Miami anytime now. Mark Walton, 14 carries, 66 yards against the Bills. Nothing crazy, but he... He, he saw a workload, though. He saw the workload. Kalen Balazs keeps getting the goal line work. Why? Super annoying. Why? Like, can Mark Walton not do what Kalen Balazs can at the goal line? But we've also seen Mark Walton be involved in the passing game. So if they do... If they want to explore the run game at all, I think he's actually a pretty pretty decent option. At sixty six yards and fourteen carries, that's not bad. I agree. So he's definitely an option there if you need a fill in for a running back. You don't get your Ty Johnson. You don't get your Chase Edmonds. Mark Walton is. A I guarantee you, he will be there. Oh yeah, he'll be there. Uh, Corey Davis, AJ Brown with Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill I'm... actually showed sign of life. 
for the Titans wide receivers a little bit. Uh, Corey Davis with seven targets, six receptions, 80 yards, and a touchdown. That's like the best game by Corey Davis ever. Yeah, he was alive. It was nice. It was like uh, Simba pushed him over and said like, hey, wake up. And he woke up. Yeah, it's good to see Ryan Tannehill target Corey Davis. Actually, the most targeted man on the team was A.J. Brown. He had less yards, so 64 yards, six receptions, but was targeted eight times. Led the Titans in targets. I, I think both of these guys, if you need a wide receiver, uh, they're, they're a good pickup. I would consider them. And then tight ends, since they're so gross. Dallas Goddard, is he taking over the tight end main role in Philly? Like, what's going on? Or is he just, you know, just hurting it all together where he's just hurting Ertz and really Goddard's not really that, you know, trustworthy either for fantasy? I don't know. Zach Ertz has only gone over 69 yards once this season. Yes, and Dallas, you say that because Dallas Goddard got 69 yards this week. 69! So he had four receptions, 69 yards, one touchdown, and like you just said, Ertz has only gone over that one time this season. Yes, he is in high of 72 yards. That's not inspiring. I'm not inspired by that. Yeah, and all the rest of the times where, you know, he's never completely killed you. I feel like it's always in the 50, 60 yards. But Goddard has two touchdowns on the season. Ertz only has one. Does Ertz have any trade value at this point? Like in fantasy or in like real in, life? In fantasy. Yeah. I think with tight ends being so gross, I still think people would pay up for Ertz. The thing is, I don't know if you can trade him away because like you got no one else to pick up. There's no so one you, out there. If you have Darren Waller and Zach Ertz? Well, yeah. Then obviously you trade Zach Who Ertz. has more trade value right now in fantasy? Is it Darren Waller or is it Zach Ertz? 100% Darren Waller. Unless it's you're crazy. only looking at names. Why is that crazy? Darren Waller is murdering like, Ertz and It's just, points. it's mind-boggling sometimes when you think about yeah. the shifts that you see in football. You totally got to take away the names and like... That's crazy. Yeah. Darren Waller is killing it. I think... Who would you rather own rest of season? Darren you get Waller, to pick. for sure. Okay. Uh, d- definitely Darren Waller. And, and this is like the most interesting time of the season because that is when you have to reconcile... I drafted this guy as my number one tight end in the third or fourth round. You have to start to reconcile that with who's actually giving me the points. Well, Darren Waller is the only man left in town, just like Jared Cook was last year for Oakland. So that's why I think Darren Waller is just, he's going to see more more targets. And we saw him actually get in the end zone finally twice. And hopefully that keeps up. But Darren Waller doesn't have to split targets or snaps with another tight end like he does like Dallas Goddard's a good young tight end that makes me nervous as an Ertz owner but you can't go trade away Ertz unless you have another solid piece there to plug in because there's nobody out there there's just nobody out there how about so OJ Howard in redraft leagues has been dropped in a lot of leagues especially so with the buy. what do you like Ooh, I know I'm tempted I'm tempted to go grab him literally just in case he is traded I know they, the Tampa Bay Bucks. But maybe after the say, buy, Tampa Bay will use him more. I'm just like, I'm hanging on here. But what if he's traded? The Tampa Bay Bucks said he's not, not available tradable. for trade, but guess what? That's the best way to drive up somebody's yeah. trade value. The only team that would, well, I guess Seattle or New England really, really needs a tight end. But New England just gave up a second. Are they going to also, like, I think they would have to give up a first to go get OJ. Oh, they get like a million comp- compensatory picks. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like their draft pick tree is just unlimited. I am interested in picking up O.J. Howard. 
If I just a speculative ad, if you have a spot on your bench that you feel comfortable, if you're desperate at tight end two, I just like think like Dawson Knox or OJ Howard. I'd rather take the chance on OJ Howard becoming something again than holding on to this hope that Darren Fells or Dawson Knox can carry me through the season. Like I'd rather just you know see what happened after the bye. They did say they were going to start to get OJ Howard involved. You can't really trust that, but I would rather take the chance on that than you know like I already said Darren Fells or Dawson Knox, who's a rookie or you know, Noah fan. Like I'd rather take the chance on OJ Howard. Yeah. Jimmy Graham, uh, four receptions, uh, 65 yards and a touchdown. Any, as any long as, there? as long as Devonte Adams out, he's a okay play yards per target. 16.2. That's not bad. Not bad. That ain't too shabby. One other thing I wanted to hit on before we get out of here. What in the world do we do with David Montgomery and Miles Sanders? I got a beautiful question mm-hmm. on on the Twitterverse. Do you drop David Montgomery for Ty Johnson? <laughs> like I know, like that seems like it would be the craziest situation, but the Chicago Bears are not running the ball, despite the fact that Matt Nagy has come out to say he's not an idiot and he knows he needs to run the ball. That's why I'm not going to get rid of David Montgomery right now because you can't play him. A, we have no idea if Ty Montgomery or yeah, Ty Johnson's going to get more touches than David Montgomery. He could get no more than nine carries a game. Like I said, they're going to bring in someone else. JD McKissick's going to touch the ball and Detroit already doesn't like running it anyways. Or they do. I don't know. They, they barely would give Kerryon Johnson the ball. I don't think they just go to Ty Johnson now. David Montgomery hasn't been getting touches. So, yes, he's not great when he gets them. But let's see if he ever can get the full workload. He it's just kind of crazy because... Six carries. And he Bears still have, led the, the team, right? In the carries? Bears have eclipsed 75 rushing yards on per game. As a whole. Just twice. Twice. Yikes. That's like, you want to take pressure off of your young quarterback who's not the best passer in the league. You do it by establishing the run. I don't know what in the world Matt Nagy is doing. In a redraft league, when are we going to be able to trust David jo- or David David Johnson? David Montgomery. You can't trust him. He has to so probably. Like, what do you, he's just hogging up your bench spot. Like I I'd said, rather have a bench spot with him hogging it up than Ty Johnson. What just- about Ronald Jones? Stop bringing up Ronald Jones. Nobody wants Ronald Jones. <laughs> Leave Ronald Jones out of this. I would much rather have Ronald Jones on my roster because I know that he has a oh, chance. To I said over six the- carries for David Montgomery. That was Miles Sanders. David Montgomery had two carries. Okay, but I would literally drop. I, I don't think I'd drop him for Ty Johnson, but I think I would drop him for Ronald Jones. I think he at least has a, a better chance of becoming an actual workhorse running back. No, I don't. I don't agree with you there. I think Montgomery sooner or later can like Matt Nagy needs to come to his senses. Even when he's getting the carries, he's not doing anything with the carries. He's had a really like Minnesota is when he got the carries. It's a product. Nobody of Nobody's running offense. on nobody's running on Minnesota. This is when he got his twenty one carries, fifty three yards. The like, Bears have the second lowest graded offense per pro football focus across the board. Running, passing, they can't move a ball. No, they can't. They're hanging on by a thread, and it is because of that defense. Next up, they have the L.A. Chargers, where everyone's been able to run on the Chargers. Let's see what happens. I just don't want to drop them you for Ty Johnson. That, that's the thing, though. It's a nice matchup, but you can't play him. Yeah. Well, so, like, when do you play him? You might you that might is have my to question. be able to play him. When do you play him? I would rather Chase Edmonds, I think. 
than David Montgomery. So you would drop David Montgomery for Mm, Chase Edmonds? No, I wouldn't. I don't know. If I knew, like, David Johnson was going to be out for a while. You dropped O.J. Howard. I would rather... What is the difference between O.J. Howard right now and David Johnson? Oh, my gosh, David Montgomery. Someone we didn't bring up was Latavius Murray. He was... He should be owned. He was probably picked up last week. If he's out there, he's he's one of my top as well because Kamara does have that high ankle sprain he's dealing with. You may only get another week or so out of you know uh, Murray, but you never know how well that heel or that ankle heals up. And I would rather I would rather Latavius Murray than David Montgomery, just because at least you know this week against Arizona, you should get something from him. What about Miles Sanders? I mean, dude is just not getting carries. The most carries he has was from week three, 13 carries. Last three weeks, nine carries, three carries, six carries. That hurts. Yeah. He actually has like a Jordan Howard who's producing, kind of producing. He's getting carries. At least, you know, Miles Sanders has had a few games heavily involved in the passing game where he's seeing the yards. Well, and that's kind of the funny thing, right? Like, you talk about his carry counts and the fact that they're extremely low, but... Miles Sanders just eclipsed the 50% snap count mark for the first time this week. Yeah. It was the first time he's been And he got six carries. And he got six carries. Only, but only three targets. Three targets is what I do not like to see, but they were, they were very short targets. So they didn't utilize him down the field like you might have expected when you're down that much against the Dallas defense. I, I, I You could have used him much better there, but it, I mean... Clearly, they were just playing from behind and and needed to establish something, which never happened. So, coming up here for Miles Sanders, I think it's, I think you might want to drop him. You got the Bills, right? Which you can run on the Bills. We saw, like, Mark, you can run on the Bills. It still doesn't make me excited. And he's not going to get a ton of carries. So, and then you got the Bears, which they've been able to run on with Hicks being injured. But I think he'll be back by then. That's two more weeks from now. No, uh, Hicks, I think they just placed on IR last week, so he's oh, is he looking at, down? I think, closer to a week 13, week 14. Oh, okay. Maybe okay. I'm wrong there. But then they have a bye, and then they have New England. No, thank you. Good luck. Then they have the Seahawks. Not an easy team to run against. Then they have the Dolphins, which is nice. So are you keeping them until December 1st for that no. Dolphins game? No, And this is, these are the moves that are going to win you your league. Knowing when to let go of a guy. I'd rather take a chance on Ty Johnson than Miles Sanders. Yes. But not David Montgomery. And maybe I'm wrong there. I feel like you want David Montgomery because you have David Montgomery. I feel like this is when your bias is coming out because you you invested a lot in David Montgomery. <laughs> I invested too much. You did. I invested too much. So maybe, maybe I did you're draft, the wrong person to ask. I drafted Miles Sanders in one redraft league or maybe two. And he's, so he doesn't hurt you. He's bad. been long gone. No, but like I gave up on him. I'm like, I, he was someone I was just not seeing anything ever going to come out of him just because of how much like competition he has in that backfield. Jordan Howard, like I think Jordan Howard is much better than uh, Miles Davis. What's the right name? Miles Davis? No. Miles Davis? What? Mike Davis. Mike Davis. <laughs> I put Miles like Sanders in Mike me, Davis. Miles Davis. <laughs> I, yeah, Miles Sanders, I was willing to give up on a long time ago. I traded him real fast. But David Montgomery and Paul until a little bit more. I just think, I don't think he's really gotten the true opportunity yet. That's all. I just, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I don't think that. David Montgomery has showed me anything more than Miles Sanders has other than the fact that his coach is completely incompetent. That's what he showed me. 
He's the running back 40 right now in PPR. Uh, seen less than 10 carries twice in just six games. I've decided like, Chase Edmonds is just the guy I want. Okay. Even with the tough schedule, even with David Johnson, I think he's the guy I want. Rashad Penny's someone I'm really looking out for if he's out there. And you could be in a league where none of these guys are even available. Maybe Corey Davis is out there. He would be uh, one of the ones I would want. Another Mark guy, Devontae Parker. I know it's really gross to be talking about Miami players, but Devontae Parker is actually, he's he looks good. And if they keep Ryan Fitzpatrick in, which I don't know that they will because he got a little too close to a win. So they're probably they're probably gonna sit his I, booty on the bench against the Steelers. I really want Josh Rosen to play. Oh, me too. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to risk the the ability of because Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't care. You'll sling, sling it. it and You'll sling it, and that's dangerous. Like that's that dangerous for yeah. That could be dangerous for the team playing them because those can connect and, and you could be hurt. Devontae Parker saw ten targets this week. Ten targets came down with five fifty five yards and a touchdown, but. You gotta love ten targets. Mm-hmm. You gotta love that. And if if Ryan Tannehill continues, uh, Ryan Tannehill, all the Ryan's, Ryan Fitzpatrick continues to be under center, I think he's definitely got some legitimate wide receiver three, wide receiver two upside. Why does Miami want to play Ryan Fitzpatrick? I don't know. You I, already made it you clear doing? you're trying to lose. You gave away all your best players, but which what is were fine. you doing trading for Josh Rosen? Yeah, like you gave him one second, Miami, and Josh Rosen's not the answer. But you gave him one second. I don't but get he it. Al- he also could be the answer. You traded a second round pick for the guy, and then he was looking okay until that game where you benched him. I don't know. They're a confusing team. You don't. They're a win. mess of a team. I I think they. I think that's what the answer. Like, do they know what they're doing? I don't think they do. All right. Well, that is it. That is it. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you got something out of it because I feel like we. Ourselves are pretty confused what to do with this news. Um, Lots of news today, but we appreciate you guys tuning in. Check us out over at patreon.com slash Do an extra episode every single week where we headline your questions. We go through every single matchup, our starts, sits, fades, sleepers, ice colds, don't touch them. We go through it all. We will actually be starting to release our rankings over at patreon.com too so stay tuned for that um follow me on twitter at ffballblast and you can follow me michelle at ballblastum ballblastdm um give us a five-star review if you're feeling generous and keep tuning in so i i i hope you liked the the different episode this week but we just had to hash some of this crazy news out and now let's get it out to you because it's 8 p.m so let's hope you can listen to it before um, your waivers run or, you know, maybe you don't have a league that cares about Wednesday waivers and you can get this stuff in tomorrow. Heck yeah. All right. Bye, bye y'all.